Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. I can hold both those fears Mm -hmm. and that hope and optimism at the same time and just want to direct my energy to try to help ameliorate the fears and increase uh, the reasons for optimism in whatever ways I can. Thanks to Delta Airlines for supporting my show. When you travel well, you arrive feeling better than when you left. Isn't that how every trip should be? With new premium experiences on the ground and in the air, Delta Airlines raises the bar sky high. Visit delta.com slash travel well to learn more. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. So you've been hearing me talk about today's guest and she is finally here. Chelsea Clinton is on the podcast today. Before we share this, I want to let you know that the doors are officially open to the podcast course that I offer once a year. And I honestly am at a point where I feel obligated to tell you to get your butt into this program because it's three months, it's live, you're going to get live calls with me and we're going to be able to go step by step through the process so that come January of 2023, your podcast is out in the world, right? We're going to start recording it. We're going to start building an audience. We're going to put a trailer up. We're going to promo it. We're going to market it. We're going to build a connection with an audience. And then you're going to publish this thing in January. And you're going to look back and say, 2022 was the best year ever because I joined Kathy for this podcast course and I grew so much and I created revenue streams. And I'm so happy that I was in this community and I found my voice and I found an incredible platform and I got to meet so many cool people and the opportunities that are going to come are going to be amazing. So if you want to join the program, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join and grab your seat because the doors are going to close next Wednesday and our first live class inside of the official program will be on the 28th of September. If you do join today, We offered 24-hour bonuses yesterday, and those include a free ticket to a live event with myself and Mel Robbins on October 10th. That's going to be so much fun. You also are going to get my program on ditching your day job. How do you ditch your day job in 90 days? And you're going to get sessions with Martha Beck, Jerisha Hawk, Jenna Kutcher, Candice Nelson, and Amy Purdy. Those are all the bonuses that expire today. So if you feel like you might want to do this you should join today. Go to kathyheller.com slash join. All right, well, let's get to today's episode. So most of you know who Chelsea Clinton is, but just in case you haven't been following her work, she is a New York Times bestselling author and the vice chair of the Clinton Foundation. She's written amazing books. And I just want to say that I am very much not someone who identifies as like a political person. I am somebody who really and truly loves all people. I feel like I'm not red or blue. I am purple through and through. But it's funny because 
I was in Atlanta about three years ago and we had gone to the Coke Museum and then my kids were hungry. So we walked into a Baja Fresh. It's just like a fast food place. And who was in there? No one, just myself, my husband, my kids. And then who walked in? Chelsea Clinton and a couple of people from her team. And she walked over to get salsa. And I turned to my husband and said, this is just so crazy. Like it's 2.45 in the afternoon. It's us and Chelsea Clinton. I think I'm going to go say hello. And needless to say, I went over and said hello. We connected and she said, you should have me on your podcast. Well, six months later, my friends in New York City called to tell me that they were reading New York Magazine and Chelsea Clinton had an article where she was talking about what she had been doing over the last six months. And in this article, one of the things that she said that had happened over the last six months, not only had she written a book and she had done some incredible philanthropic work, but she mentioned going into a Baja Fresh and meeting none other than Kathy Heller and having asked for me to have her on my show. And so we are finally making good on that. And she is here today. I mean, what are the odds that we would have connected? And I don't even know how to explain how over the moon I was to think that she remembered me enough to mention it in an interview in New York Magazine. It's very surreal, but I'm so happy that she is here today. She has written amazing books that are inspiring the next generation, including She Persisted, 13 American Women Who Changed the World. She persisted around the world. She persisted in sports. She persisted in science. It's your world. Start now. You can make a difference. And she's written a couple books with her mom, Hillary Clinton, who you probably know. Together, they wrote Grandma's Gardens and the Book of Gutsy Women, which has been now turned into a docu-series and actually premiered a few days ago on Apple TV. So definitely go check that out. And Chelsea has a new book that just came out this week. It's called Welcome to the Big Kids Club, What Every Older Sibling Needs to Know. And it's such a good book for anyone who has kids in their life in any capacity. It's adorable. It's funny. It's a picture book that helps children learn what to expect when they get a new sibling and how they can interact with brothers and sisters who develop on their own path. I know that I'm going to share this with my daughters, and I highly recommend that you get a copy so you can read it with your kids too. While she's writing all these books, she's also vice chair of the Clinton Foundation, where she works on so many initiatives, including those that help empower the next generation of leaders. What's so impressive about Chelsea is that she has so much humility and integrity, especially considering that she's been in the spotlight her whole life. And I love that she gives credit to her parents and her friends for helping her feel like herself all of this time. So let's get into this. Please welcome the one and only Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea, I am, I don't have the words to communicate um, just what an absolute gift it is to sit with you today. So thank you so much for making the time. To thank be you on for the having show. me. Thank you. I told my audience, and we just talked about this before I hit record, that I met you in like a Baja Fresh three years ago. And yeah, Baja Fresh. I couldn't remember. I was like, was it a Godoba or a Chipotle? But I remember there was, there was Pico de Gallo involved. So I'm sorry to the Baja Fresh aficionados that I didn't remember you like Mexican restaurant. Right. You were literally like the coolest human. And your team at the time was like, oh, let me take your phone. I'll put my, our, our, our contact in, in your phone so you could have her on your podcast. And then 
she was like, Kath, your phone screen is really messy. And I was like, note to self, you might meet Chelsea Clinton at Baja Fresh <laughs> in your screen. Just clean it. Anyways, I'm so happy you're here. That's an understatement. So I want to ask you a couple questions because people know you so well, but they really don't know you, right? We just like have been sort of in awe of your entire life and grew up with you, especially me. We're about the same age. So first question to you is like, what was it like for you to live your life while we're watching you live your life? Like, what was it like for you to grow up in such a powerful vibration and have the whole world looking at you all the time? Well, thankfully, I didn't think about the whole world looking at me all the time, even if they were maybe looking at me all the time. And I'm really thankful to you, my parents, first and foremost, and also, you know, my grandparents and my teachers and the other adults who were in my life who really tried to give me like as normal an experience as possible. And that, you know, my parents ensured, you know, I had chores and also that I could feel comfortable having my friends over and that we could cook in the kitchen and, you know, that we had a kind of as normal a life as possible, like, you know, in the governor's mansion in Arkansas and then in the White House. And yet that I also was aware of what an enormous like privilege and responsibility it was to be living in these historic spaces, to be, you know, supporting my parents in whatever ways I could as a as a kid and then as a teenager. Um, and that I felt, you know, you talk about being in awe. I felt so proud and sometimes in awe of my parents and also all the people that they worked with who were trying to make, you know, our state better when we were in Arkansas to help make our country, you know, better and healthier and more sustainable and more equitable and more just and like all the things I knew they were working so hard for. And yet I could hold that like awe and admiration and pride for them alongside like, oh, I still I have to make sure I'm on time for school and do my homework and like be respectful and keep my room clean and go to church and like show up for yearbook or like whatever <laughs> I signed up for as the activity that year. And I'm really thankful to my parents for helping me kind of recognize the extraordinary and yet also be as kind of ordinary um, as possible. I don't know what I would have expected you to say, but as you started to speak, it was like, oh, I didn't expect you to say those things like, and you had chores to do. And it's like, of course you did. And it brought me to tears because the world turns people into like characters in a video game. And of course there's so many people who are become obsessed with people, right? They're like, they don't just love you guys. They're obsessed. And then there's people who have other opinions, but at the end of the day, I think what brought me to tears is that your real human beings who raised your hands to be leaders, which takes so much courage and humility to be a real human willing to sacrifice so much to do your best to try to make something better. And I think we can so lose sight of that because things kind of become like caricatures of what they are. And it's like really like, it's hard to put into words how how inspiring that is. Well, I mean, thank you for saying that. And also, I just want to acknowledge how blessed and lucky I've been my whole life to have wonderful friends. 
my oldest friend in the world is six weeks older than I am. Our mothers met in Lama's class. And I also thankfully have wonderful friends, you know, from high school and college and professional life. I think though that, you know, my lifelong friends and those relationships also helped me always feel like there was a safe space for me to be, you know, my full self and to be vulnerable and to ask questions and to be asked hard questions and to keep me humble. And that that I think has always been really grounding and kind of rooting for me as well as of course, like the example of my parents and the kind of structures and rules we had at home. And then, you know, also that I was fiercely close to my grandmothers who, you know, always were so good about ensuring that like I understood what was really important in life. And certainly part of what was really important in life, you know, Kathy, to what you were saying earlier was like to not be a caricature and to always be kind and to always be mindful of, you know, to whom uh, much is given, much is expected and should be expected. And that either I could like cower away or try to kind of recognize that in a, in a lived way, in a practical way, in a way that hopefully was positive and good and generative. So also mindful of, yes, thankfully uh, my parents, but also my friends and my grandparents and kind of everyone else who was, you know, part of my village growing up. Yeah. There's that village thing again, but, um, you know, (laughs) village, but it's so beautiful. And I feel like, I love that you mentioned your grandparents. That's like, so like hits me in the heart. My grandmother was definitely my biggest influence. And I think about how, yes, the realness. And also I think people reach for the highest branches they can see. And one of the most, and I'm going to really try not to cry when I say all these things, because it's really, the stakes are just so high, you know, and I have the responsibility I have to all these amazing women who listen to the show. And so I feel what I'm saying on such a deep level, right? I'm not just saying it to be nice, but it's like, yes, there's the realness. And then there's the showing people a higher branch, which in most people's lives, I feel like we're wearing this virtual reality headset that just shows, especially women for a long time, what's possible. And in that what's possible, there's not that much possible. And I feel that it is so significant how much history will look back and show what it is. And you've been writing books about this, about women who are changing the world. And you're obviously one of those women and you come from those women. What would you want people to hear who might say, yeah, yeah, but you're you, right? It's not possible for me. And really the only reason you and all these other women, I think, and your mother are reaching as high is because it's a come with me. It's not a look at me. It's, you know, we're all going in this direction. But what about when people still, they're so in this, this other idea that that's not quite possible, that there's definitely just not that much available for women to fully rise? What, what would you want them to know? Oh, goodness, Kathy. Well, I think, you know, I would never say to anyone, I wouldn't have like, you know, hopefully the hubris or the arrogance to say like, this is what should inspire you, or this is what should galvanize you or motivate you. I also so deeply resonate like in my marrow with 
with the reality that it is hard for any of us to imagine what we can't see. And so, you know, part of what has been so imperative to me as a writer, as an advocate is to try to help close that imagination gap for all of us to try to help write women kind of into history who haven't been included to help kind of elevate and amplify women today who I think are doing, you know, extraordinary work, whether in, you know, public advocacy or science or arts or culture or sports, who I want my daughter and my sons to look up to and to feel like, oh, like I can, I can learn something from those examples, whether I want to try to kind of prove what's possible in the same vein or field, or I want to just take that kind of sense of, you know, not being limited by what others have expected of me and kind of being persistent and being inspired by these examples toward whatever kind of journey and ambition, because it's not wrong for women to be ambitious, like that feels kind of right and good and resonant for me and what I want to see happen in the world. What I want to prove is, is possible through my own kind of lives and action. And I also, Kathy, recognize like, you know, what you say is also true that many of us and me included have, you know, a huge swath of advantages of being born in the United States. Oh yeah. Of having, gone to awesome public and then private schools of having like safe public parks to plan of growing up in the eighties when there were significantly fewer guns than there are today of having two parents and multiple grandparents involved and having, you know, safe places to kind of find myself, whether that was on a softball field or, you know, at a ballet bar or with the Girl Scouts or, through my youth ministry at church, like so many things that I was kind of blessed with and privileged to have that so many people don't have. And so I think that it is hugely important um, to have the humility and the honesty to recognize that mm-hmm. and acknowledge that. And I also think about you know, my grandmothers who you were saying you were very close to your grandmother, my grandmothers who had none of that really. I mean, my, my dad's mom who went back to school after her husband had died when she was pregnant with my father, after he was born, had to leave him with family and put herself Mm -hmm. through nursing school so that she could earn enough money to be able to provide him the life that she wanted him to have and a better life than what she had had in terms of kind of more opportunities and more options. Or I think about my mom's mom, who was abandoned by her parents and then abandoned by her grandparents and support herself starting at 13. And she had no models of like a loving family in her life. And yet she created one for my mom and her brothers. And so I do know. I never knew that story. That's an really important context. It is. And it also, I think, helps explain why my mom has dedicated her life to trying to help support um, women and children, because she very much was aware of how a teacher changed her mother's life and then changed her life. And so mindful of my um, blessing and privileges and all of those that my grandmothers did not have, I just then feel even more responsible. Yeah 
um, for doing what I can to try to help change kind of the policies and the practices to help make it easier for everyone. And also to help kids not have the imagination gap, be able to see themselves as anything and everything. Yeah. That was so beautiful. And I want to get to your newest book in a moment, but to piggyback on what you're saying, and I want to ask you about this. So this audience of mine is pretty much 99% women who 85% of them went to four-year universities and they want so much to be in their fullest expression of themselves. And so we recently had a retreat in Malibu with about a hundred of them who flew in from mostly around the country, but some from around the world. And the only man who happened to be at the event was the photographer. And he was witnessing women getting up and speaking and connecting and sharing. And there was breath work and meditation and all these things. And he pulled me aside at the end and he said, I've never seen men do this. I've never seen men get together and get up and share and cry and support each other. And he said, this was so beautiful. Like it brought me to tears. And this woman came in from Pakistan and I'm Jewish and she's Muslim. And she got up and said, who would have thought that me growing up so far away would one day be standing here and feel that of all the people I've ever met, you, a Jewish girl who grew up here, has taught me to believe in myself in a way that I never had. And she said, Kathy, I had this image of you and me sitting with so many women in Jerusalem. She said, where I've never gone. And she's like, I just think I had this knowing that I can't play small anymore because women coming together and rising can really change the world. And the photographer was witnessing this and we were all in tears. And this is just one moment, but it's a really powerful moment. And we talked about how girls in general, and I'm definitely generalizing, but tend to play a little bit small. There's, I work with a lot of women who seem to feel that they want to be humble. They want to have integrity. And there's a false sense a little bit that the bigger they would be, the more of a platform they would have, the more of a voice they might have. Somewhere along the way, they might lose this, I want to be a good person. And what if I had more coming into me, more eyes on me, more money coming through, more power, would I lose my humility? And would I not be able to be a good mother? Would I not be able to be a good wife? And this is a conversation I have all the time. And then I look at the world and say, it really does seem like it'd be nice if there were more women leaders. And I really do think that this woman Takdis who stood up is, she has a a really good point that women can make a really big impact because of certain kinds of ways we do relate to other people naturally. So I'm curious what you would say when women feel that there's a cost of being as in their full expression, but does that cost them being a good mother? Does it cost them their integrity on some level? I do think that's something that people are worried about. And I think, Kathy, part of what is you know particularly painful about you know the story you just shared from your retreat, which I imagine there were kind of many similar stories in that yeah. kind of moment of community, is how universal it often is that you know women are told that we should be quieter and smaller and deferential. And certainly, you know, I have struggled in my life too to think, 
you know, how do I be fully myself while like not be like fill in the blank thing that I'm worried about that maybe, you know, I do need to be particularly attentive to because I always want to be mindful of again, like all the privileges and advantages that I've had. And I do think it's important to start from a place of humility when you are so privileged and also that I've been socialized, even with my amazing role models of my mom and my grandmothers, um, who definitely like, you know, always were giving me kind of books and audiobooks to like read and listen to with like fierce, strong, you know, girl and women central characters. But still, like, you know, we are in the environments that we grow up in, in which like, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there were still like fewer speaking parts for girls and women in television shows and movies in which like the Little Mermaid was the most popular, like, you know, cartoon for a few years in which a woman is literally giving away her voice. So, you know, I I just think those of us who have platforms who may have larger voices, as you were saying, I think also have to be honest about like that we still struggle with some of these questions that we are still kind of navigating how to answer them kind of retrospectively and contemporaneously and to have the humility kind of of that honesty and yet not to be so caught up in the answering of those that we are not kind of fully realizing our potential and our purpose and our ability to have a positive impact, whether that's on kind of our, our audience or an issue or, you know, a business or kind of with, within the world of our, our families. And so I think it's just such an important conversation that we all need to be engaged with in an ongoing way and to do so from a place of honesty and vulnerability and also kind of support and encouragement for one another to be able to kind of lift up and, and carry one another when we all will need that at some point. Yeah. And I also, you know, Kathy, as you were speaking, was thinking about how I do believe we can do many things in life and that also it is impossible to do everything that we want to do at the same time. And so, you know, for me as a parent of three young kids in which like being a mom is not the only part of my identity. It is though the most important part of my identity. And so it does mean that I am thankfully um, with an amazing team, some of whom you met and that <laughs> like Baja Fresh, you know, I'm able to do so much, but I don't get to write every book I want to write, you know, in every month that I may feel yeah. compelled to write them yeah. or to have every podcast conversation that I may want to have on any given day or to work on like every initiative, not only at the Clinton foundation, but that I otherwise support like in any given like period of time, it, I hope will all get done, but sometimes it just has to take longer because I want my kids to always know that they are the focal point of life yeah. and the most important part of life. And they get organized around. Well, it's so beautiful that you are doing it and I don't know that anyone has an actual exact balance, but balancing whatever is even out of balance is, is a thing. And, you know, my mom was so unfulfilled because she said she had to give up what she wanted to be a mother. And she was so happy she did, but I always knew how much she wanted to express her gifts. And so I'm so grateful that you're a model in this way and you're writing books about it and you're writing books for moms. And so 
this newest book that's now coming out, Welcome to the Big Kids Club, What Every Older Sibling Needs to Know. I mean, you've spoken about being a mom and you have a lot of things to say about parenting and just your going through it. Why did you want to talk about this particular topic? Why was this so important to you to write a book about it? So when uh, Charlotte, who's my oldest, became a big sister the first time, she was just 20 months old when her baby brother Aiden was born. And then when Aiden became a big brother for the first time and Charlotte became a big sister kind of times two, there was a more than three-year gap between Aiden and Jasper, although I didn't know that I was having a boy when I was pregnant. And Charlotte and Aiden had so many questions about the new baby. And Charlotte was quite um, proprietary. Like she definitely was like, so this is our baby. And initially I was kind of like, well, this is like your sibling and my baby. And then I'm like, no, like this is actually really lovely that she thinks like, this is like the family baby. Also, please don't think of like the new baby as a pet but also like, this is lovely. <laughs> and just got through those different conversations and the way the kids were asking questions and what questions they were asking. I, I thought like, this should be a book. Like we are not the only family having these conversations. We're not the only family in which kind of an older sibling or maybe multiple older siblings are feeling like, well, this is our baby too. Like this baby's coming to our family. And so I decided you know, to write the book, reflecting on those conversations and the questions the kids asked, and also mindful that big siblings do often, because I now have talked to lots of parents and some big siblings do often feel like, oh, like this is our baby or this is my baby, just as much as it may be, you know, my mom's baby. It's so beautiful. And I'm so, like I said, happy that you're writing this book because While everything you just said is true, that being a mom means that you can't always do every single thing you want to be doing. I often wonder like, if there's so much resonance when you are doing what you're doing, that you can still make such an impact with whatever time you can give to things. And I do think part of the culture is a little bit in this like obsession with hustle and like the amount of hours needing to be spent, especially at a desk or outside the home. And that's all changing with COVID now too. And like Zoom calls. And I think that there's a reality in which women can look at you and read these books and see how much time you've been able to dedicate to being a parent and thinking about these kinds of questions while contributing and adding your voice to so many other things. And I think it's time to just change that story of what it needs to look like to be a powerful leader that you need to work 12 hour days and get on a jet and write in your, by writing books like this, you know, it's not just like, Oh, we're, we're aware that Chelsea Clinton is a mother. It's like, no, she's really invested in being a mom and making sure that these relationships are really paramount in her life. And she's also doing all of those other things. And so I think it's so beautiful. I have three kids also, and these are really important conversations that I don't think people really hear enough. So what's one thing that when people read this book, if there was just one thing that you felt like, I'm glad they took that away. If you could boil it down, I know that's not always easy, but I mean it. Like, what is that one note that you hope they hear? Oh, goodness, Kathy. Well, I think to to listen to your kids' questions, and to be responsive to them. And in the 
text, uh, welcome to the big kids club. Like I knew some of those answers, but some of them I thought, oh gosh, like I have to double check with our pediatrician. Like, I know the answer, but I might not know the answer to these questions. And so, you know, I kept a, a running log. We have a, a family a journal that I write. Um, I try to do it every week. Doesn't make it every week, but at least like every you know, couple weeks or few weeks. And so when I was working on this book, like I went back and I just really looked at like all the questions and the answers and I'm such a believer in listening to our kids and, and in the validation that kids get when we listen to them, you know, a validation of their curiosity, a validation of their right to ask questions, you know, including them and especially of their, of their parents. And so, you know, of course, I hope that you know, this book can help answer questions that kids have about becoming big siblings, or maybe they're newly big siblings, you know, hope that it helps inform and inspire conversations in families. But if I had to pick one thing, since that is what you asked, Mm -hmm. I hope that it just reminds all of us as kind of parents and caregivers to listen to our kids' question, answer them to the best of our abilities, and then ask for help too, kind of when we don't know the answers, because that's an important role modeling for our kids as well, that, you know, we may know a lot of answers, but we don't know all the answers. No one does. Okay. So last question, I wish I had to all day to just hang out with you because you're so awesome. Invite me back. Invite me back. Okay. I love you. Um, the last question is, I was just going to ask you, since I think people, especially coming out of COVID, there's just so much exhaustion and people feel how divided the country is and all of those things are just so real, like more real than ever. I'm just curious in you, in your heart, in your mind, as you walk around and you go to get coffee and you push your kids in the stroller, do you feel hopeful? Do you feel like we're going to turn the ship around? Do you feel like this is still like the most incredible country in the world. Like, I'm just curious, like in your heart, when you go to sleep at night, what maybe you could say that. And honestly, like, I'm just curious what you actually think. Oh yeah. No, I am both quite afraid and also quite hopeful in that I'm quite afraid in that, you know, so many millions of Americans who you know, do not believe things that are, you know, true. And yet I also do have a lot of hope because we do have people who are trying to, you know, tackle misinformation so that we can have a more coherent, honest kind of shared reality from which to move forward, you know, hopefully more together. We do have people, you know, fighting to defend and protect human rights and women's rights. We do have voters in Kansas showing up to say, um, no, like we are not going to take away a woman's ability to access the healthcare that she and her doctors believe are the important kind of rights and opportunities and options for her to have. Um, we do have more young people saying climate change is real and human activity is contributing to that. And we need to be responsive to that. And we have, you know, President Biden signing legislation to help make massive investments in trying to protect our planet. So I have so much hope because of so Mm -hmm. much that young and maybe not so young people are doing to try to help kind of protect and defend our democracy and human rights and the sustainability of our planet and to make the world, you know, more equitable and just and healthier. And also there is a lot that 
I am afraid of and concerned about. And so I can hold both those fears Mm -hmm. and that hope and optimism at the same time and just want to direct my energy to try to help ameliorate the fears and increase uh, the reasons for optimism in whatever ways I can, you know, as an author and an advocate and beyond. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I really do feel like if you hold something in the noonday sun, it's like the greater the light, the greater the shadow. And I can feel there's so much awakening and there's an equal amount, right, of contrast. And I just want to say thank you because you are real. You're a human being and you've lived through everything and more that we don't even know that you've lived through. And to just see how steadfast you are and kind and generous and humble, given just the amount of intensity you've gone through as a just a human being, putting one foot in front of the other, the word remarkable with a capital R doesn't, it doesn't do it. So it's really an honor. I'm like really moved and tell everybody where they can support your foundation, tell everyone where they can follow you and, and buy the book soon. Oh gosh. Well, thank you, Kathy. Yes, please. You can absolutely find out um, more at uh, clintonfoundation.org about all of our work. I hope that you will share Welcome to the Big Kids Club uh, with <laughs> young people in your lives. And you can find that at your local bookstore or online at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. And you can uh, find me uh, most prolifically on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram, admittedly. But, uh, you can find me at Chelsea Clinton on Twitter. And I hope, uh, Kathy, you'll have me back again because this was such a fun conversation. And I really enjoyed it so much. That means so much to me. And um, thank you. And thank you to your whole team for making this happen. Yes. You're thank amazing. you, everybody in the background. Yeah, you're amazing. Thank you, Chelsea. To be continued. To be continued. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Great Kathy. Job. Oh my gosh, how amazing. I still can't believe that we just had that conversation on the podcast. There's so much more I want to talk about. Before we keep going, we're going to thank our sponsor. I remember when my family and I took a trip to Blackberry Mountain and I came back and literally felt like a new person. And I think that when you travel well, you arrive feeling better than when you left. And isn't that how every trip should be? With new premium experiences on the ground and in the air, Delta Airlines raises the bar sky high because it's not about where you're going. It's about how much you enjoy the journey. Wherever you travel, a better experience awaits with Delta Airlines. For instance, they've partnered with Peloton to offer a new Classes in the Clouds collection featuring guided breathing exercises and stretches led by Peloton instructors. Plus, I love that they have these new plant-based dishes that provide more sustainable alternatives for in-flight dining, and they offer gluten-free, nutrient-packed snacks. You guys know that I'm now gluten-free, I'm dairy-free, which is so aligned because This is really where I realized so much of my pain was coming from eating gluten and dairy. So this is so cool that they offer that. Not only does Delta Airlines provide these ways to feel and eat better, but they have premium products that are better for people and the planet. In fact, Delta One's bedding sets are now made with more than 100 recycled plastic bottles each and stowed away in new reusable bedding bags. How good is that? That's so cool. So wherever life takes you, travel well with Delta Airlines. Visit delta.com slash travel well to learn more. I want to share a little piece from yesterday's session also with you because I've been teaching this week a free boot camp on how you can start a podcast because what do you know? Maybe you'll start a podcast and a few years later, you'll be talking to the first daughter or Matthew McConaughey or Barbara Corcoran or Harry Connick Jr. or Justine Bateman, who you will be hearing soon because we just interviewed her this week. You're going to hear today about how a podcast can completely revolutionize your life. So take a listen. What would the income from a podcast allow you to do 
And how would that change your life? So for me, you can now imagine I do all of those things. So I have a podcast, right? So there's brand deals. From the podcast, I've now got two book deals. I brought my first book deal with Macmillan. After three episodes, they called and said, this is a great topic. This should be a book. And I got a check to write a book. I just got my second book deal, which was three times as much as I made my first book deal with Simon and Schuster. That book comes out next August, August 22nd. So there's podcasts, there's sponsorships, there's the book deals, there's courses, right? We teach a course now in podcasting, but because my podcast is called Don't Keep Your Day Job, we also teach people how to ditch their day job and in 90 days, validate something, get proof of concept and quit their job which is amazing. And hold on to your seats because I'm going to tell you something really exciting about that. We've helped thousands of people quit their job and replace their income times many, 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 many times. So I'm going to tell you something about that in a second. So we have courses, right? The brand deals. Um, we do live events. I do intimate events, retreats at my home for 18 women. We also do big events for a hundred people, right? I told you I'm doing an event with Mel Robbins, buckle up, hold on to your seats. I'm going to tell you about that in a second. We're also doing a big event with Andy Grammer and Rachel Platten at the end of October and Amy Purdy and Candace Nelson, who created Sprinkles Cupcakes. That'll be an even bigger event. Hold on to your seats. I'm going to tell you something about that in a second. So events, courses, books, there's pretty much all of those things. Oh, and by the way, I write music. What wound up happening is I use a song of mine at the beginning and end of every episode. What do you think happened? More people heard my music because of this content. So I write songs. Sometimes Coca-Cola will send me a note saying, would you write a song for our Christmas campaign? If any of you have little kids and you watch Llama Llama on Netflix, that's me singing that theme song. I wrote and sang that theme song. So I'm still able to create things that I make from the podcast. And um, sometimes I affiliate for people if somebody has an event or some product that I just love, sometimes instead of it being a brand ad spend, it's an affiliate situation, right? And obviously um, we also have coaching packages that we do. So I have a really high level mastermind that we have 45 women in. And we also have a membership as well, which is one call a month. And as crazy as this sounds, you guys, I have three kids, three. I drive them to school and pick them up. I put them to bed. I hang out with them. I have a Girl Scout meeting tonight. I don't have that much I have to do because the podcast is where all the intimacy, all the leads get generated, all the clients. It's just a place to make deposits with people. For human beings, it's about the EQ. So the more you show up, the more you put into intimacy, your business takes care of itself. You don't have to market. You don't have to hustle. I don't have to make cold calls. The business comes to me because I show up on that podcast, show up on that podcast. And next thing I know, people show up and I'll say things like, hey, this is Kathy Heller. Today's episode, I want to let you know I'm doing an event sold out. Hey guys, I want to let you know, I'll be teaching a class on podcasting. And I know there's probably going to be like 12,000 people who join the launch and boot camp. 
but you know how I roll. So I don't take all 12,000 people in my class. So it's going to be first come first serve, which is true. So we won't even take half of you in the class, right? Because we don't do classes that way. We show up live, we have homework, we put you in Zoom rooms. We don't have 12,000 people on Zoom. So they fill up really fast. Okay, so speaking of filling up really fast, I want you to know that this Facebook group will close next Wednesday. We are going to have an after party tomorrow and the next day. And the enrollment for my Your Turn to Podcast course will close next Wednesday. I want you to know a little bit about it. I feel morally obligated to tell you about it because I know what it's like in there, because I've watched people actually build empires and grow as leaders and create income and do good in the world and raise their voice. I know what goes on in there and I know the friendships people make and I know the light bulbs that turn on and I know the way women support each other and go on each other's shows and how quickly success happens. So I feel morally obligated that I'm going to literally hold up a neon sign and say, Don't walk, but run to this program because it is going to make damn sure that this podcast of yours does come out in January and that you spend the rest of the year, not just kind of passing time, but showing up for your potential. And we will be there. Like Poppy says in trolls, no one left behind, no troll left behind. Like we will be watching you. You will have that accountability. You will show up. We will be live. We will go through the step-by-step process of making your artwork, putting up your show, all of the ways you're going to grow it and market it and then monetize it. And we will keep you in a container where you will keep coming back to have the mentorship and grow your show. And now some people will say, I can't afford to take a class. And my comment back is usually, Can you afford to not do this? If you're not going to do this, right? And I just told you that just from one revenue stream, I was making $2 million a year from songwriting classes before you even add the money I make from making the songs, before you even add the money I make from advertisers. What will be your plan to create a scalable income if it's not going to be this? Now, the class, the way that we design the class is that there's a payment plan of the class to make it really accessible. It's $297 a month. And I'm going to tell you from looking at the data on the way American people spend money, we always go over budget. So that $297, if you're being honest, you will spend it anyway. You'll wind up having drinks with a friend on this Thursday night. You'll wind up buying three t-shirts that you don't need. You'll use this unlimited data plan to waste your time and search the internet instead of living your own life. And you know it. Sometimes we just need a really good kick in the ass from someone who loves us enough to tell us to get off the bench and get in the game. So if you want to join this program, it's $2.97 a month for you to join this program and you're going to change your freaking life. You can do it that way or you can pay for it up front for $29.97. That's less than $3,000 and it's not theoretical. It's amazing that people will pay whatever they pay for college which is reading books in theory versus saying, I'm going to work with somebody who has a top 20 podcast right now, who's willing to take the time to help me to do the same. It's not theoretical. It's actionable. It's actual, and it's not recorded videos. We're going to give you a lot of extra stuff. So there will be video content, but the bulk of the class, if you never watched that video, if you never looked at it, the class is going to happen in real time when you show up for my call when you show up for Colleen's call. And you also get my producer, Emma, 
for all the tech, for all the questions, for ev- she's been with me since episode one. Every time you want someone to help show you exactly how you're going to get better quality sound or edit this together, you get an equal amount of calls with all of us throughout this three month period. Plus, for those of you who sign up in the next 24 hours, you're going to get a string of bonuses. And one of them is a class on how to ditch your day job and replace your income, which is really, as much as you think I'm pretty good at podcasting, that's my real jam. So in the next 24 hours, if you think you're going to sign up anyway, because you're feeling like, how could I not do this now? I really want to do this with her. Then I would sign up in the next 24 hours. Now I'm going to tell you this also. I am not everybody's person. It's impossible. Some people don't like Italian food. They don't like sushi, but they do like Indian food. I'm not everybody's person. I might not be your person. There might be somebody else who's better equipped to help you leave your day job and start a podcast. There's a lot of people who are good at that. So if I'm not your person, I'd like you right now to make a promise to yourself that you are going to capitalize the next time the person is your person and you're going to say, I'm doing this because I've been in this game long enough to know when I was a songwriter at year 10 and I was making the money I was making, having success as a songwriter, I was on a panel with my co-writer, Kyler England at the time. And somebody asked us, why do we think we have a career? And she said, cause we're still here. We're still songwriters. And I will never forget that because so many times people have a dream and they give up on it. And it doesn't happen. And so I'm saying to you, don't go back to sleep. You have heard enough this week to light something inside of you, something that's great. We came to this world to live into our greatness, right? You want mastery. You want to have moments where you feel like you are really living into your potential. And that's what's really causing you. You think it's your marriage and you think it's your kids and you think it's where you live. It's not, it's you. You want to be firing on all cylinders. So if I'm not your person and I'm not for all of you, you should find that program. I also want to say, we don't take everybody who's in this program. So we're going to cap the program when we cap the program because we get to know everybody in this program. So if you're thinking you want to sign up but you might wait until next Wednesday when we close, you might not want to because there's not a spot for the 12,000 people that join this launch. There's not a spot for 6,000. There's not a spot for 3,000. You get where I'm going. We're going to take a small portion of the people that are in this room. We don't do things the way other people do them. What I like to do when I look at a space is when they zig, we zag. So if you look at online classes and you're like, online classes, yeah, they're expensive because no one shows up, no one completes them. That's why we created something where you would want to show up because you would want to be in the room held accountable with the community by your side, because that's really what we need. And I'll tell you that all of the calls that we do, when they're live, they will be recorded live, and then you could watch them later that evening. And I'm telling you, I feel so confident in what I bring and what Colleen brings and what Emma brings, that even if you showed up for a third of the live calls, You're going to feel so changed by this. Plus you have lifetime access to this content. So if you want to go back and look at it again and again and again, you have it. Um, Another bonus, which is very exciting, is that my very good friend Mel Robbins and I are doing a live event in Los Angeles on the 10th of October. 
And it's a few hours of us sitting together, having a fireside chat Q&A about her new podcast, which I pushed her to start, which comes out October 6th. If you want to get a free ticket to that, when you sign up in the next 24 hours, you'll get a free ticket and it'll be a VIP ticket. So the first few rows, it'll be your spot. That's also there for you. In addition, the other thing you get as a bonus by signing up in the next 24 hours is sessions that we've done with some of my millionaire, very down to earth friends who have a lot of wisdom because success does leave clues. So you get sessions from Jerisha Hawk, who's brilliant, who talks about where she came from and what she's built in a way that anybody in a light of fire under you, Martha Beck, who happens to be Oprah's actual coach, who had so much courage to leave her marriage when she decided to come out of the closet, which was so not easy. And she has a son with Down syndrome and she is so magical and she has a Harvard doctorate and she's just got so much to say about being in your integrity and your alignment. You're going to get a class from my friend, Candace Nelson, who I mentioned, who created Sprinkles Cupcakes from starting in her kitchen, getting cupcakes together to growing an empire that she sold during a pandemic for hundreds of millions of dollars. You're going to get those sessions as well if you sign up in the next 24 hours. So the gold package is $297 a month, or you can pay up front and it's less than a college class. There are though 18 spaces, only 18 for those of you who want to do the platinum package. The platinum package includes the class plus a retreat in my home, in my living room with a private chef and three days of one-on-one coaching plus meditation and breath work and all of those things. In addition, there's several other programs that come with that package, but there's only 18 spots for that. So Colleen, anything else? And then we're going to talk about the winners of yesterday's homework. Yeah, I just really want you guys to know that you're here for a reason and you came to this experience this week because you know there's a calling in you, right? There's a calling in you that you want to show up in this way, that you want to share your voice more in the world, bigger in the world. You just want to come home, right, to who you are and be that stand so that others have the permission to let themselves see that's possible for them too. And when you join us in this container, it's like the fun and the joy of this week is only amplified and extended, right? So it's like three months. Can you imagine where you would be, who you would be, how you would be showing up, the impact you can be making by that kind of transformation when you get to be held in this space where there's so much joy and the humans that Kathy calls into her world, you can probably feel it already from being in the Facebook group, but no, it's a thing. And all the students will all say it, right? You will make friends for life that you just wouldn't otherwise have made that are just in your corner and they love you and they see you and they support you and you do the same for you. And I don't think there's anyone that comes out the other side of these containers that isn't changed and isn't just so powerfully stepping in more to like your purpose and that sense of what you know you're here to do in this life. I love that you said that. I think that is really true. I think that we water seeks its own level. And I think there are people who would be attracted to something that was maybe glossier in a way or more about online marketing in a way. And I think the people who come through whatever your community is that's generated by your own vibration, they tend to be like you. And so we do tend to find a lot of people in the community 
They all share the same thing. They have a really big heart. They come from a lot of integrity and they want to call people up in a way. They want to be leaders. They want to create communities. And I will tell you, as we're talking today about how you can monetize your podcast, I want to tell you something about your own business and it relates to mine too, but I want you to hear this. So often we don't realize the baggage we carry. The reason we're not making money is because your nervous system won't let you do something that you don't think is safe. And a lot of times, but without taking a better look at it, we have a lot of negative association with money. And so people feel like if they monetize something, they're doing something wrong. If you're charging someone for a service or for content, you might have a voice in your head saying, but content is always free. Why am I charging? Or services, I mean, who are they to pay me to be a photographer? And like I said before, they're going to pay someone anyway. But more than that, when people pay for things, they get a charge out of being charged, right? When I went for my birthday, I bought my first Cartier bracelet just this year. And I thought, I'm going to walk in there and buy this for myself. I felt, I felt, I felt so tall that I gave that to myself. When was the last time you bought a pair of shoes and you were happy it wasn't a $16 sales shoe because you wanted to spend that money on yourself? Because when you spend that money on yourself, you told yourself a story about what you were worth to yourself. There are people who have pets And they want to buy the dog food that's more expensive and organic. And it's not because they can't look at the label and see that the generic one is similar. They want to feel that their pet is somebody who they spend money on. And if you think about it, in our culture across the world nowadays, people love to buy things. It makes them feel good to say, I bought myself a jacket today. I'm having a hard day. I bought myself. Or you know what? I'm, I'm going to this retreat. I'm going to go see Deepak Chopra. He's going to be in the Taranea. I know that's what I need to do just by buying that. That made me feel like I focused some energy on myself. So why are you robbing people of that? Seriously? Like people love to do that. And when Deepak Chopra was on my show, we talked about his new book, which is called Abundance. That's is what his new book is about. And he's a guy who grew up in India, where there's a lot of poverty. And so you would think, how dare he come across and write a book on abundance? Doesn't he know that some people live in poverty? His perspective is that the world is abundant. And he said to me, you know, Kathy, every acorn is the promise of thousands of forests. The world was made in abundance, but sometimes we, as people, we have this soul, we have a higher consciousness, and then we have an ego. And our ego seems to think that the more I have, the less you'll have. But that's not true. Because if you think of it, if I plant a cherry tree, that cherry tree gives birth to more cherry trees. If I paint my house and the value of my house goes up, what did I just do for my neighbor's house? I made my neighbor's house, the value of their house just went up. If I have money, and Barbara Corcoran, who's a billionaire, said to me, money is meant to be spent. Money is like blood in the body. The word currency comes from the word current. It's about continuing to make it go around. Even if I have money, do I really have it? No, it's in a bank account. What's it doing in the bank right now? It's funding people's loans. It's writing people's mortgages. Your money's not yours. You don't hide all your money under your mattress and hold it. Every time you make a dollar, you give half to the government at a certain point, but you have money that you're spending on Main Street for this person's bead store. You're keeping this proprietor in business. You're hiring someone for your team. 
money is meant to go around. If you go to a charity event, if you go to a hospital, if you go to see some cause, you'll see somebody's name on the bottom of the building of the hospital, on the bottom of this theater. Somebody was able to donate money into that. That's their legacy. Money is a good thing for you to call up abundance in people. So when people say to me, I can't afford it, I say, you are hooked into a whole paradigm where you don't see that money is actually right here available. We had a guy in my music class back in the day, Nick Phelps, who's an amazing human being. And he's an amazing dad and he's an amazing husband. He's also a chaplain in a hospital. You know, the kind of person that is somebody who would choose to be a chaplain in a hospital. Okay. And he's African-American. He has four kids. And he said to me when he took my free workshop that there was something about me, spoke to his soul. And he went to church that Sunday and he wasn't going to sign up for the class because he said, I cannot afford it. And as he sat in church, he thought, what if I could ask a question about how I could afford it? Because I know somehow, some way I need this person. He took my class and he wound up getting a song placed in Nordstrom ad, which covered what he paid for the class. But what happened is bigger than that. He said, you know how I decided to pay for your class? I decided that once a week I was going to pick up Instacart for people. And I took my four kids because I couldn't afford childcare, put them in the back of my van and we delivered groceries for Instacart and doing that once a week, helped me pay for your class. He said, my kids have never forgotten that. Even now that I'm making money with music, even now he even teaches his own hip hop music class on top of the music he's producing and writing. He's doing so well. He goes, my kids don't forget that daddy cares enough about his dream that he's going to find a way. And we live in a time where on the other side of your phone, we had a woman for one of our side hustle classes who said, I was going to not do it because I couldn't afford it because I'm I'm a single parent and I have a two-year-old and I have a job. And then she said, I realized there are a few days in the week where I'm home with my kid. I decided to reach out to three other moms and ask them if I could watch their kid and get paid for that while I'm with my two-year-old. So she wound up getting paid while she was home and her daughter had playmates and it paid for the class, but more than paid for the class, it got her to start her side hustle, which she started her side hustle And it's amazing what she's now done with this side hustle. So when we say you can't afford something, you need to look again. You need to change the way you think about money and you need to change the way you think about what's available because on the other side of someone giving you money is you coming up with something that somebody needs or wants. And the more we look at the gifts and our resourcefulness, we can actually help people and we can get paid today to do amazing things. And also the more that we don't think money is the root of all evil. And we realize that money is just a tool. It's like Wi-Fi. Like who would say, if you have a ton of Wi-Fi, you're going to be evil. It's like, well, some people use unlimited Wi-Fi and they do horrible things with it, but some people don't. Some people do great things with Wi-Fi. There are people who have no money who are really kind. And there are people who have a lot of money who are really kind. There are people who have a lot of money who are jerks. There's people who have no money who are jerks. Money is not the thing. It's neutral. It's the person. The Talmud says money is like rain falling in a garden. If the rain falls on weeds, the weeds grow. If the rain falls on roses, they grow too. It's what are you inherently? The money will bring it out more. So if you're inherently a good person, having money will make you a better person. Whatever you have, you'll share it. If you're inherently off the track and not on a track with integrity, your money will make you worse. 
but money is awesome. Just like oxygen is awesome. Just like Wi-Fi is awesome. They're tools, they're resources. And we need to show up and take in all these resources so that we can be a leader so that we can grow in this world and help other people who maybe don't have even the option because they don't have even Wi-Fi or they don't have a car or they don't have running clean water. So they have to worry about that all day long. They can't even quite figure out how they would start a podcast or start a bit, right? Like we're sitting on so much opportunity. And then instead of utilizing it, we're like, I just can't. So we turn off our creativity, right? Your greatest resource is your creativity. So in this class, you will have a container to get this done. Now, the exciting news is we don't end today. We're coming back for two more days. And Colleen, do you want to tell them the link in case they want to? So here's the fun part about tomorrow and the next day. We're going to stream it here at the same time. So you could watch it here, or you could be with us on Zoom and we can have an experience where we can answer questions and coach you on your podcast. We can listen to your title ideas. We can listen to what you want to ask about formatting or anything. We have two more days of this. Type a one in the chat if you're excited about it. So two more days of this, we're going to come back and do that. We'll also announce the winners of the homework and remember go ahead, kathyhowell.com slash win and subscribe and review the podcast because by doing that, you get put into this raffle that you win that whole bundle plus the $50 gift card for the Starbucks. And remember I said, if you come to all of the lives that we do this week, not only will you hopefully learn a lot of things, but you're gonna be then eligible. You'll be in the raffle. Two of you are gonna win at the end of the week an Apple Watch, which is just really fun and cool. So... We're going to now announce the winners. If you want to join our program in the next 24 hours, you get all those other bonuses. Go to kathyheller.com slash join. The first hundred people will get that ticket to the Mel Robbins, the VIP ticket, and everything else will come to everyone who joins the next 24 hours. If you're going to join or if you already went to kathyheller.com and joined, tell us in the chat so we can celebrate you right now. And Colleen, while they're doing that, why don't you go ahead and announce the winners of the homework from yesterday. Yes, for sure. So our day two winners are Tamala Netherton, Leanne Cooper-Elliott, and Melinda Diorio. So congratulations to all three of you. You can send a email off to hello at kathyheller.com. And tomorrow, like Kathy said, you're going to be able to have a choice whether you want to watch here in the Facebook group again, or you want to like hop in the back end of the Zoom room with us. And so if you want to come into Zoom, you just go to kathyheller.com forward slash party. That is your quick link. We'll send it out in the email notices as well so that you'll have reference to that. But you have your choice of where you want to come hang with us. And the other thing that will be fun about the next two days is that we're really going to leave time for Q&A. And so sometimes when you go to a workshop, you're like, this was so great, but I really wish you would have added this. Or I'm really still curious about these three things. Like, great, tomorrow and the next day, that's your time ask any of those questions. We'll get to as many of them as we can. All right. Oh, someone's already like, I want to jump on. Here for the party. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, okay. So we love you guys. We're going to put up homework in a little bit. Go ahead and do it. I can't wait to celebrate you guys who are coming in to uh, your turn to podcast. We're going to have so much fun. It's going to be an amazing few months. We cannot wait to spend this time with you. And uh to see you putting these beautiful podcasts into the world come, come January, you're going to be all ready to go. So 
We'll be back tomorrow. And thank you for today. Thank you, Colleen. Great job, everybody. All right, here are some takeaways. Number one, be kind, be mindful. Number two, we reach for the highest branch we see possible. Number three, it's not look at me, it's come with me. Number four, let's help the next generation close the imagination gap and see themselves as anything and everything. Number five, listen to your kids' questions and be responsive to them. Answer to the best of your ability and know that it's okay to ask for help too. Number six, be a light for optimism in whatever way you can. Number seven, the world was made in abundance. And number eight, show up and take in all these resources so you can be a leader, grow in this world, and help more people. You're sitting on so much opportunity. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know that there's just so much going on, and I truly, truly appreciate your support. There are so many great guests coming on, like Justine Bateman, as I said, and Kendra Scott, and Guy Raz is back. So make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And I want you to know that I'm doing a huge giveaway where you can win a MacBook Air, a trip to LA, a $1,000 shopping spree, and a coaching session with me. If you want to enter that, all you have to do is subscribe and review the show and then share it with a friend. You can go to Kathy com slash share to let us know that you did and you will be entered to win these prizes at the end of the month. And one more reminder, the doors are open to my podcast program. This is a live interactive program. We will meet on Zoom. You will have call after call with me to go through the process. I will mentor you in getting your podcast into the world, making it binge worthy and monetizing it. If you want to create an incredible podcast that can transform your life the way it has done for me, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join and get all the bonuses which expire today. You guys are the best. Here's a song of mine. I'll talk to you soon. I could use a fresh coat of-